Hi, everyone, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, good morning. Yeah. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Sir Alan of the Round Table. I'm good. You uh, seem hesitant. Yeah, I had to I had to 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 take it all in and you know do my calculations, but my my <laughs> my rubric says I'm good today. Okay, um, good. The 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 never do wells here at LFP Worldwide. What was your base score? My base score was a three, but, uh, you know, I, I had funny moments this morning, so it kind of okay. brought it up. Um, so, so the the, the never-do-wells there at LFP Railway Headquarters, you notice that they shoveled the the, the snow did, yeah, and the slush and the stuff. Six inches of slushy snow out now of the way. They, yeah. they know how to take care of their on-air talent. Yeah, that was nice of them. So we'll have to make sure they keep up with that as the uh, weather continues to be dicey at times. I know. It, it's nice that every now and again they can make us proud, but they need to be consistent. Yeah, they Talking do need to be it. consistent. Great yo, yo. point. Mark, before we get into today's episode, I did want to mention, and I, I know it kind of happened right before we recorded last week. I think, you know, because, you know, I, you know, we uh, did our prep and we went to bed early. So we we're, you know, had a lot of energy for the show that morning. Of course. We didn't stay up for Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I usually go to bed at six. Six. So I didn't with have Ethel. It. Yeah. Well, not with Ethel, but at the well, same time. She's good at dating. You don't know. But but yeah, it, it's <laughs> according to Andy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I had missed that originally. And then I got an opportunity to watch it later. Yeah. So what we're talking about, of course, was Aubrey Plaza on Saturday Night Live kind of the, the culmination of one of her dreams to host that show. She was a page, you know, as a young, as a younger person. That's right. And I didn't know funny. that. I didn't either until I watched the episode. And then of course, I'm like, that's crazy. Uh, but you know, what we got out of that, that's pertinent to this show, in addition, just uh, enjoying seeing Aubrey on there, who did an amazing job, yeah. was that, of course, Amy Poehler showed up and we got a little bit of Aubrey and Amy backstage in the mo opening monologue as themselves. Ah, uh, yeah. And then in Weekend Update, we got Leslie and April. Oh, yeah, Which was yeah. terrific to see. Like, I... It made me realize a couple of things. I loved it. I'll say that. And anyone else who 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 did not love it, uh, you know, keep that to yourself. But um, <laughs> it did make me realize that they can never do that again. Like they can't go back. Like I, I think while we were watching it together earlier for the show, we, you know, I kind of said that's first season April right there. Yeah. Right. And it just made me realize that you know we have to pick up if they ever do a reboot or a, you know, spinoff or whatever, or a reunion, whatever it ends up being. And I hope they do something. In fact, prequel, uh, maybe a prequel it has to be different. Mm -hmm. They just can't pick up where they left off. It'd be, it wouldn't feel right. Right. And right. I think even though that was a funny sketch and I really enjoyed it, that's what it made me think. You know what? I, I would agree with that. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, I think that Leslie and April are, are, they're, they're, they seem timeless to me because I love the characters yeah, so much, but I, I do get what you're saying. And yeah, I still got giddy seeing them on screen. Oh, yeah, it was great. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they both did a great job. I turned into sweet, stupid Andy when I watched that. So. <laughs> 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 All right, Mark. Well, let's get into this episode. All right, let's do it. Well, hey, Mark, we're here to talk about season five, episode four. 14, Leslie and Ben. Leslie and Ben. Yeah, this episode is actually one of them, their standard cuts, Mark. You know, last week we got the producer's cut. We got a little bit spoiled. Uh, and I yeah. was kind of hoping for producer's cut this week. Yeah, we got a little spoiled. And I, I thought if they're going to choose an episode to producer cut up, yeah. it would be this one, but I, it wasn't. I think so. I know. Weird, huh? Yeah. We did get deleted scenes. Mm -hmm. uh, not even a ton of those, though, honestly. Yeah. Maybe they just shot it so well. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. I mean, perfection is perfection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, see dot, 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 dot. We'll be the judge of that. That's right. 
Well, this episode first aired on February 21st, 2013, just yep. a week later than uh, last week's episode, which was, of course, uh, and on, no, it was emergency response, which, of course, was emergency response, emergency response yeah. uh, that they aired on Valentine's Day. They did. I yeah. Add. Yep. And I, I did say last week, I thought it was interesting. There's no Valentine's Day episode in season five. Mm. I look forward. There is one in season six, though. Mm. Kind of interesting. Cool. So, cool, yeah, cool, so cool, they cool. will have one of those before the end of the run. Do you see uh you see Harvey's all prepared for today? I did. Look, look back there. What has he got? Is that is that is that a phone finger? Yeah, you know how you go to those sporting events yeah. when people do basketball? Sure. And, and you go there and you've got to buy <laughs> the, the, the giant foam uh, finger to yeah. support your local sports team. Sure. Uh, so see, it's got uh is, where did you where did you get that? It says Leslie and Ben. How did that's I want one of those. I do too. That's great. I know, me too. <laughs> you don't see a foam middle finger no, that often. Not not very often. It's very weird. You can get anything at Spencer's <laughs> gifts. Oh my God, you're so old. I know. <laughs> well, today's episode was directed by Craig Zisk, and uh, he's directed for us before. This is his second of five. Actually, what's weird is he he's all at the end. He did four episodes of his five episodes. Four of them are in season five. Mm -hmm. And then his final episode is in season six. So hmm, interesting. Uh, he's, he's done one episode before this in season five. Uh, you'll recognize him from other ventures such as uh, Veep, uh, Rutherford Falls, For All Mankind, and The Mysterious Benedict Society, which is on Disney. Have you ever watched that? I haven't. It's got Tony Hale in it. From oh, Arrested I like him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, Buster. It's a kid's show. Yeah, Buster. Where were we watching Arrested <laughs> right now? Um, it's a kid's show, I suppose, but we really like it. Mm. I think it's entertaining. No, oh, Gravity yeah. Falls was too, but excellent. Well, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Um, this episode was written by Mike Schur and Alan Yang. We've got two weeks in a row. We've got double double do doers, double writers. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of interesting. Tag team. Tag teaming it. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Both excellent. Well, yeah, they're okay. Those kids are going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, for Mike, this would be his eighth of 15 that he got writing credit for. And for Alan, this was his 10th of 16. Very good. So, yeah. So the the duo of Mike Schur and Alan Yang, we'll see how they do today. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, why don't you get into us uh, into our synopsises for us? All right. Incoming. Well, this was a little bit of a challenge. And then I got lazy and I said, one. <laughs> that is correct. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah. Nice job. Awesome. Yeah. So I have uh, mine as entitled uh, Wedding Impossible, The Jam Conspiracy. Oh, that's really good. All right. When we last left our heroes. Meanwhile, the whole of. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, when we last left our heroes, Leslie and Ben decided to get married that very night at the gala, giving them only two hours to get everything ready prior to the gala's 11 p.m. finish. So the gang gathers at Anne's place for an emergency strategy meeting and the uh, the Pawnee chapter of the Avengers once again assembles as they divide and conquer the tasks. So Anne gets the, the wedding dress. Ron's going to walk Leslie down the aisle. Ben and Chris got the wedding rings. April and Andy got the marriage license. Tom is going to be the wedding officiant. Don and Jerry keep the gala running smoothly while the rest of the gang runs all around town. So as time rolls on, we see the following happen. Since Leslie needs her dress three months early from the original wedding date, it is not ready. <laughs> Weird. So Anne needs to make some desperate last minute changes. Ben and Chris are having no luck finding suitable rings. So Ron attempts to use some woodworking skills, apparently, to create rings <laughs> from a wall sconce. We'll see how that works. Um, April and Andy successfully locate the marriage license and then have to go to Ethel Beaver's home, apparently, to have her sign it. 
Um, Tom runs into a snag because it takes 24 hours to get a minister certification, but Jerry is already ordained. So I think the two maybe are going to try and combine forces to to uh, co-host the, the whole thing. Everything seems to be going pretty well. And the gala ends and they start the wedding and everything is wonderful until, well, Alan, you've heard of uh, drunk dialing. Sure. That 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 thing there. Yeah. Um, and last episode, we saw Leslie get ghost jammed. Oh, yeah. Well, here, unfortunately, <laughs> the gang gets drunk jammed <laughs> and, oh as God. a very inebriated councilman. Jeremy Jam shows up at the gala, peeved at Leslie for stealing lot 48 and sets out to ruin everything. Uh oh. What will happen? Does Ron successfully create the rings? How many quotes from the movie Hitch will Tom use during the ceremony? What does Jam try to do to ruin everything? Does Jam succeed or does the gang stop him? And if so, how so? Does Leslie really see a ghostly apparition of her beloved Lil Sebastian? Will Leslie and Ben actually get married? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. Yeah. It's kind of rare to just have a single storyline. I think it's been a minute, maybe since season one. You know what? You may be right. Yeah. If it, if that's not true, we've had maybe one since then. Yeah. That's just been I a single storyline. was. Right. But I can't remember anything since. Yeah. Well, I liked your, your title so much. I'm embarrassed to even give mine. I, I've kind of phoned <laughs> it in this week. Since it was just one, I didn't feel like it was really worth it. So, yeah. Uh, mine's just the Royal Wedding Pawnee Edition. All right. So, that's not bad. That's OK. It you works. Know. Well, even though that's my official uh, storyline title, Mark, my my other storyline title was uh, Emergency Response Part Two. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, it's fair, right? That that is that is very technically accurate. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about that last week as we closed out that episode. It really it was a it was a to be continued. Or is that Leslie and Ben Part One? Oh, wow. You just blew my mind. I know. Dot, dot, dot. Nice. So that also means then uh, it's fa- it's fine as usual lately to have one AKA, but especially this week because we only have one storyline. Oh yeah, yeah. What you yeah. got? I couldn't decide whether to go haha or heartstring, so I finally decided I got to go heartstring. So this is this is the schmaltzy saccharine sweet. I couldn't help it. it. It's from both Leslie and Ben. I love you, and I like you. And that's sweet. It's sweet and it's a really good idea. It's such a good idea. I had the same idea. Yay! Yay! All right, we we got a. It's a. a, That's it. That's it. Should we go home now? I love you and I like you. Yeah. Well, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I was talking about the episode, Mark. Good God. I I know. (laughs) Just give me a minute. Uh, All right, Mark. Well, now that we've wrapped up our AKA, why uh, literally one this week for for both of us? Let's get into our episode breakdown. All right. Breakdown incoming. Well, we start out with the cold open, as always. I'd say it's a eh, mid-size. It's about a minute and 34 seconds. It's definitely plot relevant. Uh, so we start off with uh, uh, the sometimes they do the black screen with the white text previously on Parks and Recreation. And it fo- it fo- it's followed by a very, very short little recap from last episode where basically Ben suggests to Leslie maybe they should get married that night. So, hey, Harvey, my good sir, play that cold open post haste. This is the best night ever. I wish we were getting married tonight. Let's just do it then. Leslie, let's get married tonight. Are we really doing this? I get, why not? The gala ends at 11 and at 11.01, we get married. 
Okay, but wait, my mom isn't here, and your parents aren't here. Mm. Good. Yeah, that makes it better. <laughs> but we reserved a space for May 16th, and we just ordered 200 white chocolate top hats. We did? You did, actually. It's under your name. Leslie, we can get married May 16th, or June 1st, or July 57th, but doesn't it feel right today? Yeah, it does. Every time you say it, it just feels more right. Oh my god, we're getting married tonight. This is really great. Yeah. You're either in or you're out, buddy. I, it was my idea. I'm totally in. <laughs> wait, wait, no, we can't. This okay. is our wedding day. Uh -oh. This is very bad luck. Turn okay. around. We can't look at each other. Well, you are aware that we've seen each other several times today. We have two hours to do this. I want you to get everyone together and meet me at Anne's house in 10 minutes. Okay. Oh, wait. Before we get married, there is something we need to discuss. I mean, we've never talked about it, but I really want you to take my last name. Mm. Oh. Uh. Uh, oh. Okay. Really? Yeah, it's just really important to me, symbolically, that Leslie Nope disappears and becomes Leslie Wyatt. Or Councilwoman Mrs. Ben Wyatt, that's fine too. It's a deal breaker. Look at the look. Wait, are you messing with yeah, me? Yeah, sorry, I had to give it a shot. <laughs> now go, run. Okay, okay, wait, where do I go? Run! <laughs> it doesn't matter where you run, just run. Yeah, just run, the running is the important part. I love that, where he's kind of pulling Leslie's leg and you see him just give this little mischievous grin to the camera like, yeah, she's going to hate this. And, and it really worked really well because they had decided to be back to back so they couldn't see each other. Right. I think had he been looking at her, he wouldn't be able to maintain a straight face. Oh, no. That's my theory. No, not a bit. Yeah. Mark, I just thought of what my uh, my my episode title really should have been. Hmm. July 57th can't come soon enough. Oh, I sweet? like that. I, I like that. Sweet. Yeah, 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 if I'd only been thinking about this before the show, damn it. If I only had a brain. Yeah, tell me about it. Oh my God, how many days have I said that? <laughs> well, Mark, we open up the main episode following our cold open at the gala where Leslie and Ben are recruiting the team to help them pull off this crazy wedding in just two hours. And everyone has their individual assignments to complete. We see Falcon. I mean, uh, Ben, <laughs> enter Anne's house with Turtle Dove, I mean, Leslie, already there. Uh, they are determined not to look at each other, as we heard in the, the cold open. But instead, they're kind of they, they, they're back to back. They're backed into each other, following each other's voices until they can feel each other's hands. So, yeah, you're there, but I can't look at you. Doesn't so, a falcon attack and kill a Turtle Dove? I, that was my only problem with their code names. Turtle Doves will climb you. Don't don't back him into a corner. Oh my god! No one puts Turtle Dove in a corner. In the corner, no, I love never, it. ever. Um, so a moment later, uh, the camera pans back to show the rest of the gang. You know, April, Andy, Ron, Chris, Tom, Don, and Jerry. They enter Anne's house as well. Anne is already seated in front of Leslie at a laptop. So at this point, the uh, as leader of the Pawnee chapter of the Avengers, uh, Leslie brainstorms with the gang regarding what needs to be done in order to pull off the wedding in less than two hours. Now, so the tasks are divvied out like this. Anne's got the wedding dress. Ron's going to walk Leslie down the aisle. Ben and Chris got the wedding rings. April and Andy have the marriage licenses. Tom's is going to be the wedding officiant. And Don and Jerry, they're going to keep the gala running smoothly. I love it. I love the point where Andy chimes in and says that he can do the license because he's got a guy at City Hall. It's his wife. And she goes, you work there, too. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Sweet, stupid Andy already. Yep. Yep. And our first scene. Well, Mark, every city has one. Yes, I'm talking about that friendly neighborhood pawn shop. And that's where Chris and Ben are going to start their journey for the nipple. I mean, the wedding rings. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we now see uh, one of the, the, the greatest stores, uh, Pawnee Pawn. 
Pawnee it, Pond. It is yeah. the, the pawn shop yeah. that's run by uh, a member of the extensive <laughs> uh, Lurpus dynasty. Herman. Um, Herman yeah. Lurpus. Uh, was he, he the original Lurpus, I'm wondering? Yeah, he was He was Lurpus Prime, is what they call him. Um, <laughs> he, he's he's the guy who you, you've probably seen him before. He's wearing the black sleeveless, like the white beater oh, t-shirt. Yeah. And he's the yeah. same guy who tried to buy a date from Anne at the auction I for remember. Jerry's fart, fart attack. Um, so anyway, so Ben and Chris are looking for anything they can find in search for wedding rings. And so they look through what uh, Herman Lurpus calls the jewelry and nails tray, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> Just to be cool careful because there's nails in there. I too. know there's good jewelry, but there's also nails. So be on account and be careful. They find one potential match, but quickly discard it in horror and, and then bolt. Why, why would they discard it, Mark? What's wrong with that ring? It was uh, they were uh, there were nipple rings at one point. How did Terman know that? He knows that because, oh, there he is. Oh, let's go. Let's bolt. Let's move on. See you. Bye bye, yeah. Casper. <laughs> Well, from there at City Hall, April and Andy are using their skullduggery skills to acquire a marriage license in the middle of the night. And Mark, either the records department has moved to the first floor or Andy is made out of rubber. I was thinking that, too, because okay. if, if one of the few times or maybe the first time that we ventured to the dreaded uh, fourth, fourth floor. floor. Yeah, that is where I think they had the marriage licenses. I it's at least so. it's at least where you would go for a divorce. Well, it's certainly where Ethel Beaver's would be during the daytime. That's true. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but just explain what I mean by that. I'll explain what you mean, because skullduggery is afoot here. We, we see April and Andy definitely inside City Hall somewhere. And like you, yeah. I was trying to determine, like, where, like, are this, this is the Parks yeah. and Rec office? Like, is fourth floor? Where, where yeah. are they? April finds the marriage licenses. So, yay. She's also going to take all of them. Yeah. Because she doesn't want anyone else to get married. Because no. it cheapens it for them. <laughs> It's brilliant. And it. and Andy is like, awesome. You got it. Let's let's roll and dives out yeah. of an open window, which to your point, yeah. if they were on the fourth floor, yeah. he's clearly uh, Mr. Fantastic from <laughs> the Fantastic Four because he survived. You hear this little thud and it's just enough to think, OK, they're on the first floor and there's like maybe just a little like step up balcony there. Yeah. But yeah. So clearly maybe they just keep some copies down on the first floor for convenience. <laughs> he says. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and April just rolls her eyes and leaves. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Those crazy kids. Well, back at Ann's house, April and Andy check in with Leslie. And then Ben calls in to report his and Chris's progress. And it appears that a few things are not quite falling into place. Yeah, we, we see Leslie and Ann looking over the current iteration of the wedding dress, which, as we said, it's three months early. So, of course, it's not done. They're trying to figure out what to do. What's with wrong it. with that lady? It's the, if you're not going to get something done three months early, why even why take even the it? job? Good Lord. <laughs> Have some pride. Um, so April and Andy then show up. They got the wedding license in hand. They're really proud. But Leslie realizes, oh, crap, that having the license itself is not good enough. They need to have it signed by someone at the city clerk's office. So April offers to forge it like she usually does. And Leslie goes, nope, and sends them on their way to get the signature somehow. And then just then we hear Ben call Leslie and update her on their difficulties finding a ring, which when coupled with the dress problems and the license difficulties it's like it starts to take the wind out of leslie's sails a little bit yeah sure did i love when she's uh you know again if you can't do it three months early why do it at all right she's like well wait a minute how did cinderella finish her dress so fast <sighs> oh yeah with squirrels and birds that's not helpful that's not helpful <laughs> 
We're back at the gala. Donna and Jerry have things well in hand. And Donna has a special surprise plan for the evening. And Jerry's so excited, he can barely contain himself. Well, literally. Yeah. Not even <laughs> barely. He just failed. He can't do it. So, yeah, at the gala, things seem to be going pretty well. You know, Donna and Jerry are on gala run smoothly duty and yeah. they're doing a good job. Um, I said duty. Um, so Donna had a brilliant idea to have Indiana celebrity looks lookalikes like you got Orville Redenbacher and Latoya Jackson, Axl Rose, David Letterman. And and people really like it. Oh, yeah. And, and Donna lets it slip that, by the way, in that vein, I've booked a special surprise it's a little Sebastian lookalike. And Jerry, a little Sebastian He is so excited. And then he, it, he, he's uh, so excited he, he pees himself a little bit. Yeah. You nasty, Jerry. He is nasty. <laughs> well, Jerry heads back to Ann's house to clean up and runs into Tom, who has just learned an important lesson about instant gratification. And the two of them come up with the worst plant since uh, Cyrano de Bergerac. Yeah. I know what that is. I'm worldly and stuff. That's the one with the big nose. It, it is the one. With, see, it's I like Roxanne. Yeah, it's, that's the one. Did you yeah. see that movie? With yeah, Roxanne I sure with did. Steve Martin. That's a great one. Yeah, that's yeah. that's deceptively good. It was very good. Um. So, yeah, we see Jerry like probably coming out of the bathroom and you hear him muttering a third time this week, which is kind of funny. Um. And <laughs> and Jerry hears Tom like yell out, uh, uh, you know, he's upset because he's not going to get his minister certification for another 24 hours. And, he, you know, he's, he needs it now. This is America. Isn't it? Damn it. And Jerry tells Tom, you know, actually, I'm ordained and I could do the wedding. <laughs> and then although hesitant at first because it's Jerry, um, Tom warms to the idea a little bit, suggesting that Jerry, yeah, you do the ceremony, Jerry, but you use my words and my jokes. And, and you know, Jerry's like, look, whatever. I just want to make Leslie and Ben happy. So, yep, I'll do it. I am still curious how Jerry is going to accomplish Tom's. Uh, there's a dance breakdown. He's going to beatbox. And uh, he had six guarantees applause breaks. It's, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry's got a big job in front of him. I know. Well, outside Wedding Central, Ben and Leslie meet up, you know, back to back as usual now and uh, chat about the crisis of the moment. And they have a shared vision, Mark, literally, that leaves them with a glimmer of hope. Yeah, they're they're outside of Anne's house right now and they meet back to back to back or back. Maybe not the extra back. Just two of the backs. Just two backs. Yeah, two backs. OK, they meet back to back. They're going to go out back steakhouse to back. And then so they 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 carefully avoid seeing each other. They slowly back into each other. They call out their Avengers code names of Falcon and Turtle Dove to find each other. Um, this is pretty cute. Hey, Harvey, press the button, man. Turtle Dove. Falcon. Hmm. Turtle Dove. Falcon. Turtle Dove. There's your butt. Hey. Hey. Did you find the rings? No rings. Just a tennis bracelet and a necklace that says wine chick. Mm. <laughs> no rings, no license, no dress. This idea felt so right, but maybe it's just too crazy. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. Hey, it's snowing. No. <gasps> it's him. What? Who? I, I can't see. I don't understand. This is impossible. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Little Sebastian? No, no, sorry, actually, this is Bucky. He's a uh, licensed Lil Sebastian impersonator. We're headed to the gala, so folks can pose for pictures with him. 200 a pop if you're interested. Quiet, you. Mm. This is Lil Sebastian, and this is a sign. We're gonna do this. We are gonna pull this wedding off. Come on, Bucky. Lil Sebastian. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, ma'am. 
Yeah, Leslie, you know, once she absorbs it into her psyche that this is a sign. This is a sign. I'm sorry. It's a sign. Yeah. I know you think his name is Bucky, but that's not what's happening here. Another Avenger. Bucky. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. See what I mean? And Falcon. And Falcon. Yeah. It all comes together. It is. Yeah. Well, back inside, Leslie checks in with Anne to see if she's had time to finish that from scratch wedding dress. But I don't think she has, but she does seem to have a plan. And if you're not going to finish a from scratch wedding dress in the last five minutes, why <laughs> even take the job? Why do it? Have some professional pride. Yeah. Leslie enters Anne's house Anne's sitting on the couch. She's thinking about the dress. Leslie starts to panic because, yeah, little Sebastian is a sign, but they still got to solve the problems. Well, Anne tells Leslie she has an idea and it may be insane, but watching Project Runway for the last eight years has <laughs> inspired her to try this thing. And Leslie trusts her and says, you know what? Uh, tells her in her best Tim Gunn voice, designers, make it work. And and then realizes they have now less than an hour and says, Anne, go, go immediately, run quick. And then Leslie dashes off again. Anne is so calm. I don't know how she's doing it. You can get some special gum oh, with okay. some herbs in it that really <laughs> just chills so Some brownies you too, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, next up, April and Andy figure out a solution for getting the marriage certificate to be legal and are able to adopt a senior citizen all on the same trip. Very productive. We see an outside shot of April and Andy knocking on someone's door. And who should answer? None other than Ms. Ethel Beavers. Although Ethel is annoyed to be woken at 10 p.m. is at this point, she's been asleep for four <laughs> hours for crying out loud. But April and Andy ask her to sign the marriage license for Leslie and Ben. And Ethel, is it robbers? <laughs> no, go back to sleep. <laughs> I'm watching you, Wazowski. <laughs> oh, my God. And so she, they ask her to sign the marriage license and she complies a little bit grumpily, but she's like, all right, they're annoying. And then before they leave, April and Andy ask Ethel if they can adopt her as their grandma, to which she says, fine, <laughs> before she closes the door. <laughs> so look, Victoria, they got the marriage license yep. signed and they got a new grandma. We love you, grandma. Oh, so sweet. So cute. Yeah. I love Ethel Beavers. Me too. Well, we bounce back to Chris and Ben, who, in the pursuit of rings, have learned that Anne has terrible taste in jewelry and are witness to a Class B misdemeanor. Uh, we see Ben and Chris in Anne's bedroom, I think, at this point, and they're looking through her jewelry, which I assume they have her permission. Otherwise, that'd be kind of not nice. Yeah. But they're looking through her jewelry to see if they can find anything they can use for wedding rings because they are just coming up snake eyes here. Um, apparently, Anne Perkins terrible taste in rings. There's so a toe ring. Then it's brown. <laughs> like, did the ruby go bad? Why is there a brown stuff? That's not anyway, right. Chocolate? I don't know. Anyway, as if he were out of a James Bond movie, we see Ron in the doorway adjusting his cufflinks, saying, perhaps I can be of service. And then Ron proceeds to physically rip a sconce out of the wall. Ben is somewhat confused. Chris, toink, mugs to the camera in surprise and maybe a little fear. How much do you think Anne would miss this sconce? It is part of her house. Oh, my God. I love it. Well, Mark, we both know that the foundation of any strong relationship is compromise. And in our next scene, Tom and Jerry do just that when deciding how to move forward with the vows as there seems to be a serious problem with Operation Cyrano. Yeah, Operation Jerry 
can't help but Jerry himself. Uh, in, in the Ains living room, Jerry is attempting to memorize and practice Tom's speech. But in typical Jerry fashion, you know, his heart's in the right place, but his delivery is horrible. And this really incenses Tom. He's, he's, he's maiming his beautiful, beautiful Haverford words. And then Jerry comes up with the idea of them tag teaming the ceremony on account of Tom can do all of his let's just call it Tom stuff. Yeah. And then Jerry can come in just at the end to actually do the marriage part so they can be officially married. So while still not crazy about Jerry having a part in it, Tom does like the part where he does stuff. So, well, sure. All right. You know what? Let's give it a shot. I love it. Yeah. I, I really would have paid money to hear Jerry give Tom's words though. Like I'm all like, damn girl, you mad sweet on that back meat. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. When I heard Ben was getting married, I was like too Leslie or too game of Thrones. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. You're just killing it. Jerry. Horrible, horrible uh, delivery. Not in a good way. Nope. Well, as Tom and Jerry work out the details, we bounce over to the gala where Leslie is checking in with Donna and we learn that while the wedding plan is in motion, they have apparently have a pest problem and strangely enough, a related megaphone problem. Oh, they go hand in hand. They do. Le Leslie stops by the gala. So I get it at this point, Leslie's kind of floating around everywhere, just kind of checking on the status of things. Right. right. And so Leslie stops by the gala where we see Donna get up on stage preparing to make an announcement to the crowd. Hey, Harvey, press the button, man. Thanks. Hello, everyone. Got some bad news. The gala ends at 11. The good news is at 11.01, we will be holding a special wedding ceremony. Everyone is invited to stay. All the drinks and the food will be on us. Hey, everything going okay? Everything would be peachy if it weren't for that dumbass with a megaphone. Uh -oh. No one wants a park here. Parks are stupid. Hey, buttered teeth, what's up? I can fix those chompers for you. Just come to Jam Orthodontics. Councilman oh Jam, God. what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Parks are stupid. Hey, enough. You better give me back that megaphone. That belongs to my aunt. Why don't I call you a cab? Hmm. No, this isn't over, nope. It is over. I won fair and square, and in a half an hour, I am getting married over there to the most perfect man in the world, yeah. and all my dreams are coming true. No rules, jam sucks. No rules, jam sucks. No rules, jam. Councilman Hauser. <laughs> Leslie. Again. Jeremy. <laughs> Every better time. make sure my aunt gets her megaphone back. Mark the uh, the phrase "butter teeth" will be indelibly in my mind forever. Oh man, that's that's t-shirt material. It really is. Yeah, 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 and always with Councilman Hauser. I love it. Always. You can't even have one no. scene with Leslie where she's not embarrassing herself. Leslie, Jeremy. <laughs> and I don't think that Jam's going to have his aunt get the megaphone back. No, I no. think that's that's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, while Leslie deals with the rodent issue, we take a moment to check in with Ben and Chris, who are getting a little sentimental as they share a nice moment among two old friends. A real a real bro moment. It's a bro moment. Yeah. So at it's the moment, a bro moment, <laughs> the trademark. Got it. Nailed it. At the gala, we see Ben attempting to tie his own tie with Chris facing him and smiling and, you know, doing his best not to cry. Chris tells Ben he has something for him. Um, Chris then gives Ben a framed letter from the state house dated May 1st, 2010, where it tells it's it lets the two of them know that they were assigned to Pawnee. And so smiling with slightly misty eyes, Chris tells Ben we were supposed to be here eight weeks. I'm so happy that those eight weeks turned into three years and that you met Leslie and that we both found a home. I love it. 
Yeah. I also love that he said, not only was he not going to cry again, but not for the sixth time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's broken his promise five times, but he will not do it a sixth. He's not going to do it. All I can say is thank God for Dr. Richard Nygaard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of thoughtful, Mark, we now get a peek at the dress Anne has put together for Leslie. And I'll just say, I think she nailed it. I, I think uh, I think she certainly nailed it back. We're back at Anne's house. We're in, in her bedroom. We see Leslie in her bedroom and her now uh, Annified wedding <laughs> dress uh, standing in front of a mirror with Anne by her side. So the camera pans down and we can see that the bottom of Leslie's dress is now layered with all of the meaningful bills and, and pictures and documents and memos that she's had from her career. Leslie is beyond pleased telling Anne it is the most beautiful object I've ever seen. It is like the Ann Perkins of dresses. And just then April and Andy enter the bedroom telling Leslie they're all set. And Leslie then realizes with excitement that the dress, the license, the rings, the officiant, everything is coming together. So with a smile, Leslie tells everyone, let's go. I love it. Well, Mark, now that everything seems to be in order, it's time for us to actually get this party started. You know, the second of the evening. Mm -hmm. And we turn our gala venue into a wedding venue, and then the big moment is about to begin. This is it, folks. We're back at the gala, and we see the wedding has now started. We see Ron walking Leslie down the aisle with Ben waiting eagerly at the end, Jerry and Tom standing behind him, smiling. Soft wedding music is playing in the background. Everything looks beautiful and is going well until... Mm -mm. Hey... Harvey, do the honor, sir. Thanks. Boo, boo. Oh, oh no. Boo, Leslie, no. Boo. Here comes the boo. All dressed in boo. Boo, Leslie, no. Boo, boo, boo. Dude, what are you doing? I'm being awesome. Boo, boo, Leslie, boo. My friend, I don't think you understand what a bad idea this is. I don't think you understand that I would have got a cut of that new punch burger if she hadn't screwed everything up, so. Mm. Sorry, guys, oh, this wedding is canceled because the bride is a beehole. Hey. Check this out. Stink bomb, who knows what that does? Oh, no. oh. oh. Uh, Stink bomb, are you joking? Oh my God, where did you even get a stink bomb? Amazon, baby, that's how. <laughs> You are looking at a prime customer, everybody. <laughs> Two days free shipping for this guy. Let's get this party started with another one, gang! No! Oh, no. Ah, it's terrible, Jerry. You do the wedding. Who cares? <laughs> Come on, man. Just go home. Now, who's going to make me? Oh. It's your wedding day. I'll handle this. Oh, here we here go. Here comes the bride. Time to go, sir. No. Hey, get off me. What the hell, man? Don't you touch uh -oh. me? Uh oh. I'll give you that one. But if you do it again... Oh, if I, I do what again? What, kick your ass? Is that what you like? You want me to just oh. pout? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yay, best wedding ever. Oh. <laughs> uh, did you see the look on Orville Redenbacher's face? He was shocked. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, popcorn aside, that's exciting. It was. Dave yeah. Letterman seemed like he was enjoying it, though. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, my God. Well, as we just heard, not all great ideas turn out the way you intend. And we jump over the Pawnee Police Department and take a quick break from the wedding proceedings. 
Yeah, we're now inside the Pawnee PD. Uh, we see both Ron and Jam behind bars in separate cages, which is probably good for Jam. Probably. Um, Leslie is standing outside the cages looking at both of them. Apparently, Ron broke Jam's tooth, something Leslie does not feel particularly bad about at all on account of he's a drunk jerk face. <laughs> Ron apologizes to Leslie for punching Jam in the face and ostensibly ruining the wedding. But Leslie smiles and tells him, I think that's exactly what you're supposed to do if that mouth is attached to, you know, a dr- drunk jerk face. <laughs> Ron then urges Leslie not to worry about him and to go back and to get married. Leslie just smiles at him again and explains very clearly, Ron, Listen to me very carefully. I lost my father when I was 10. I don't have any brothers. Ken Burns never wrote me back. (laughs) So I am not getting married without you there to walk me down the aisle. End of discussion. We see Ron close his eyes for a few seconds and then open them. He looks at Leslie with a faint smile. It's very sweet. Yeah, I like that moment. Well, as April and Andy wait for Leslie to return from her cell block visit, Andy runs into Chief Fugelberg and finally learns about his future as a police officer. That's right. Yeah, we're we're in the lobby and they're waiting for Leslie to come back out and, and Ron and such. And Andy comments how, you know, honey, I'm going to have a lot of late nights when I'm here like a cop. You know, I'm excited and stuff. And then Police Chief Fugelberg walks into the lobby and Andy greets him and says, hey, I'm going to report for duty in a while. And who's my new partner going to be? And it's going to be a dog. And and <laughs> Chief Fugelberg looks at him, I think, sympathetically and says, oh, has has Chris Traeger not told you? Well, told me what? So I think Andy's about to receive the bad news. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, Mark, I think Andy learned everything he knows about being a cop from one, Burt Macklin. Oh, yeah. And two, the movie Turner and Hooch. Oh, yeah. So he's going to get a dog partner, right? One way or another, it's going to (laughs) happen. Well, meanwhile, back at the cell block, Anne lets Ron know that he has been sprung and also has the unfortunate job of letting Leslie know that their impromptu gala wedding won't be happening. Yeah. Uh, back at the jail cells, we see uh, Officer Scorgel, who we've seen sure. several times before, um, opening Ron's jail cell. Leslie and Ann are with him and they tell Ron they posted bail and he's free to go. As Ron exits the cage, Ann apologizes to Leslie saying, you know, the gal is over. They're, they're taking it all down now. It looks like we missed our chance. Despite her frantic energy earlier, Leslie actually seems to take it in stride. She kind of shrugs and says, well... I guess it wasn't meant to be. We'll get married in May like we planned. So trying to salvage the night and remarks, you know what? I got some champagne back at City Hall. Uh, we should go back there and have a drink to toast your success with the Pawnee Commons. It's a great not, idea. Not a bad idea. Yeah. So Leslie smiles, clearly liking the idea, and she exits along with Ann and Ron, leaving Jam in his jail cell alone. I love <laughs> Leslie, this is so Leslie. She goes, it'll be good because I actually have some work I need to get started on. Yep. And then like 1130 at night. And, and it's like 11 or at least probably or maybe midnight, midnight at this yeah. point. Yeah. And then, you know, they all walk out in <laughs> silence and jam in his jail cell. And you hear him. <laughs> I got five bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you do. He got the last word in. Yep. Oh, boy. Not even with a megaphone. No. Well, back in the hallways of City Hall and ensconced in the beauty of the informational flyers and fluorescent lighting, Mark, it's time for Leslie and Ron to have a moment. Well, we see Leslie and Ron uh, in a dimly lit hallway inside of City Hall, and they're slowly walking towards the Parks and Rec office. And Leslie is smiling, talking about her beloved City Hall and how beautiful it is at night. Harvey, do the thing, man. 
I love the first floor of City Hall at night when all the fluorescents are half off. It just makes the informational flyers look so beautiful. I've never willingly been here later than 5.04 p.m. Hmm. Before we go inside, I'd like to say something. You are a wonderful person. Your friendship means a lot to me. And you look very beautiful. Aww. Okay, weirdo. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, boy. Mark, let's pause there for a second and set up the scene for our friends at home. Yeah, well, that that scene kind of left the only visual aspect I would say of that is, you know, Ron says those very sweet things to Leslie, who is pleased, I think, but doesn't understand what's about to happen. And Ron kind of extends his elbow as if he's going to escort Leslie somewhere. And I think that's when Leslie starts to clue in and goes, oh, boy, something's about to happen. And they open the door. And uh, to the Parks and Recreation Office. And, you know, you see the bullpen proper and they have lit candles everywhere. They have soft white Christmas style light strands hung across the room. Soft music is playing. Donna is singing opera. And also present in the room, we see Tom and Jerry ready to officiate. We see Anne, Chris, April and Andy seated in the chairs as audience. And we see Ben standing close to Tom and Jerry, waiting for Leslie, smiling happy, happily. We even see Champion, the three-legged wonder dog. Aww. So now the moment is complete. When Leslie enters the room, everybody rises to their feet, smiles at her, and Donna continues to sing. And Leslie just stands there, beaming, taking it all in. Ron gives her a few moments and then turns to her. Harvey, let's finish this scene out, please. Let's go. Oh boy. All set? Mm hmm. Jerry, everything I wrote is wrong. There's like 20 minutes of hitch quotes before I even say Leslie's name. <laughs> what do I do? You know what, Tom? Just speak from the heart, okay? You'll do great. Aww. We are gathered here tonight to join Leslie Nope and Benjamin Wyatt in marriage. It's been a long and winding road for these two lovebirds, and they're so impatient to begin their lives together, they moved their wedding date up three months. <laughs> so I say, let's keep it short and sweet. Yes, just do it already. <laughs> I uh, assume and hope you prepared your own vows. <laughs> ben, you want to say some stuff about Leslie? In my time working for the state government, my job sent me to 46 cities in 11 years. I lived in villages with eight people, rural farming communities, college towns. I was sent to every corner of Indiana. And then I came here and I realized that this whole time I was just wandering around everywhere, just looking for you. Leslie, do you want to say some stuff about Ben now? Okay, well, the first draft of my vows, which I wrote the day after we got engaged, clocked in at around 70 pages. Oh. Mm. But I, I don't have them with me today. Oh, well, maybe there's a copy of them in my office. Oh. Mm -hmm. no. That's fine. I think we can just keep going. Okay. Here's what I'll say, though. The things that you have done for me to help me, support me, surprise me, 
to make me happy, go above and beyond what any person deserves. You're all I need. I love you and I like you. Oh, I love you and I like you. And now, with the power vested in me by the state of Indiana, I now pronounce you husband and wife. <laughs> you may now kiss the, well, oops, that did go right in. Mark, there's some really good stuff in there in those moments of silence as they're giving their vows. A lot of good flashbacks and some some real key moments in their relationships. Yeah, there there are a couple of visual. There's a very long scene, but it needs to be. This yeah. is this is important. Yeah. And and so when Leslie is walking down the aisle, or when and Ron is escorting her down the aisle, right. I should say, we see Champion uh, clumbering his three legged way down the aisle in so front sweet. of them, and then on either side of the aisle, Anne and April gently tossed rose petals. I mean, yeah. just very sweet, very nice touch. Yeah. And while each of them are saying their vows, we the audience are presented uh, with many black and white flashbacks yeah. of the scenes that they've had in like the, past. the stylization as well yes yeah very well done very sweet um good writing good flashback choices this was just a really really good scene yeah i i really liked it it was the moment we've been waiting for and i think they did it uh, justice i do notice one thing when you know leslie said i have a 70 page draft and and maybe <laughs> i have it back in my office chris toink oh i know right. chris has gotten really good at doing very effective mugs yes, to the camera i like excellent it one yeah i'm sure we'll cover that later yep well now that the deed is finally done and dj roomba has a full charge it's time for the team to celebrate the moment and toast to the newlyweds <laughs> it's time to party. It's it's the after party, the the reception, if you will. And we see DJ Roomba playing some dope beats as everyone celebrates <laughs> there in the bullpen. Ron walks out with glasses and a bottle of Lagavulin. And Mark, did you notice that DJ Roomba has a bow tie on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a black tie event. <laughs> He's dressed for the buddy. occasion. I love yeah. Ron walks out with glasses and, of course, a bottle of Lagavulin. Of and he course. begins. He doesn't even ask. He's going to no. pour drinks for everybody. Yeah. Ben, Ben, you don't have to drink yours. Um, <laughs> and we then yeah. cut to a shot from inside of a windowed office. And I couldn't tell whose office this is, and it doesn't matter. Outside in the bullpen from the office, we can see that everybody's drinking and laughing and talking and celebrating. Inside the office, we see April and Andy. And they're talking about Andy's failed attempt at becoming a cop. And April insists she's proud of him. Andy's taking things kind of hard and he's kind of down right now we then see chris enter the office and he joins them and he smiles and asks them hey how are things going you two april and andy kind of tell him what they're talking about chris walks over to andy sits down and tells him andy this is a very important moment for you how we deal with tragedy defines who we are i used to be terrible at it beyond terrible you are not going to let this deflate you you're going to pick yourself up dust yourself off and we will figure out what the next step is. Aww. And Andy, that's a really, yeah. really, really cool moment for Chris. It's what Andy needed to hear as well. That's exactly right. Yeah. And Andy smiles at Chris, I think, appreciating his words very much. We also see a certain Ms. Ann Perkins huh. for out in the bullpen. And she's kind of craning her neck and watching Chris uh, talk to April and Andy through the office window. And there's an extremely short talking head by Ann where she says, Chris can be very... Paternal. Mm. Hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Houston, we have foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, in our final scene of the evening, Andy sends us off with a toast to the couple that's just about perfect. 
I agree. Yeah. So April and Andy and Chris rejoin the the rest of the gang out in the bullpen and um, everybody's kind of sitting around in a circle and no music is currently playing. Andy has his guitar. Donna standing next to him. This is a great scene. Harvey, buddy, let's play this one last clip. I look around this room. If it weren't for Leslie, no, none of us would be here. So, Leslie, this song which is for little Sebastian, is for you. <laughs> Up in horsey Aww. heaven, here's the thing. You trade your legs for angels' wings. And once we've all said goodbye, <laughs> you take a running leap and you learn to should get married tonight but truth be told we just really wanted to get married when you're in love everything seems like a sign i love my husband i love my job and i love my friends even though they really can't handle their booze <laughs> hey we should just go right careful spread your wings and fly spread your wings and fly Wow. What an excellent way to end the episode. What a great, great ending yeah. to that to that storyline uh, there at the end. You know, Leslie loves her job and her husband and her friends, but the camera pans back. They are sprawled over the floor of yeah, her office, cannot Cle- clearly her passed out <laughs> when Ben comes in and goes, hey we, hey, we should just go. Right. And so he's like having to take her hand so she can gingerly step over the people strewn about the floor in her office. Champion, too. Did you notice that? Champions passed out. The only one that's not is Ron Swanson. Oh, of course. And as they pass, he's drinking a lot of woolen. He's got a cigar. He salutes them. Love it. Very fitting. Love it. Then, of course, we hear Andy taking us out with Spread Your Wings and Fly. Yep. Which we know has to be in every single song. Yep. Love it. That's right. Yep. Love the attention to detail, as always. Well, Mark, that only leaves our kicker, and we finally get a look at Ron's most viewed video of his DIY series on his YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, this this kicker is, is kind of nice. It's it's pretty short kicker as they go. It consists solely of a single Ron Swanson talking head, during which we see a series of flashbacks while he's talking, like they sometimes do. We, we had seen him earlier at Ann's house. physically rip a sconce out of the wall. And then we never really heard him explain or saw him do stuff with the sconce. So it was a little bit of a mystery, I think, certainly to Ben and Chris and maybe a little bit to us. Well, he kind of explains here what happened. Let's should we go ahead and play this? You think he did show up later with wedding rings, but we don't know where they came from. No. Yeah. All right, Harvey, I know. I know I said one last, okay, that's the penultimate. This is the real, no kidding, the last clip. Go. It's not rocket science. I removed the sconce, fired up my grandfather's torch, heated up the pieces in a cast iron bucket, liquefied the metal, poured into a mold, obviously keep it over a low flame to achieve a nice temper, cooled it in antifreeze, and just forged and shaped the rings. Any moron with a crucible and a acetylene torch and a cast iron waffle maker could have done the same. Yeah. The whole thing only took me about 20 minutes. People who buy things are suckers. Yep. 
<laughs> I like that just in general on account of I my did. man crush. But sure. you, know, you know what my favorite part of that probably yeah. was? The step where he's got the liquefied metal. Yeah. And he pours it into a mold. What does he pour it into? Waffle iron. Brilliant. Done. Done. Nailed it. <laughs> well, if you look at it, like literally, it did give him kind of that, you know, vectored shapes so that he could, you know, kind of start with a square, put his little thing through it and take his mallet and tap it around until it became a, a circle, a wedding ring. Yeah, that thing had vectors out the yin yang. Um, <laughs> but in, And very symbolically sweet. Yes. Leslie waffle maker love it done yeah i mean again it's the details mark absolutely it really is yep all right mark good job on the breakdown let's take a quick break we'll compare our notes and we'll come right back and score this thing let's do it man all right we'll be right back everybody Mark, um, you know, normally we would play a commercial at this point in the yeah. show and with our good buddy, Ron Swanson. But today we're going to do something a little different. This is the first time I think we're doing one of these segments and we're calling these Pawnee Shorts. That's right. Pawnee Shorts. I love it. This is the very first one. Yeah. Not Pawnee Long Pants, but Pawnee Shorts. That's right. That's right. The Pawnee Capris was another <laughs> idea we kicked around. And, Culottes. Yeah. Yeah. None of uh, those worked. Pawnee uh, Zubas. And <laughs> I love it. Remember those. Well, what is our topic today, Mark? Well, let me tell you. Right. Uh, the, the first Pawnee shorts ever in the history of ever. Uh, we're covering uh, something that we actually uh, touched upon in the today's episode, Leslie and Ben. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, uh, the, the sprawling dynasty of the Lurpus family. Oh, yeah. We've heard that name over and over and over again during the series. One of our many inspirations for fun with names, that trope. Yeah. And, and honestly, when I first heard the name, you know, blah, 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 Lurpus, whoever it was, I, I thought, well, that's funny. But it didn't occur to me like there are th that place is lousy with Lurpuses. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love alliteration, but I especially love lousy with Lurpuses. Oh. <laughs> it's like trouble with tribbles, Pawnee style. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That deserves a shirt. I know. All right. You think trouble with triples is bad. Try being a Lurpus. Oh, my God. So, you know. At one point, Alan, we had asked Harvey quite a while ago to do some research into the the Lurpus dynasty. And like, you know, was it our imagination? Are there yeah. actually like it? I'm calling it a dynasty. Are there actually a lot of people? Turns out. Is that what he's been staying late to do? That's just, no, he's got a. He's got some alcohol in his office, so I think that's what he does. <laughs> okay. But when he wakes up, I think he works on it. Okay, fair enough. So, you know, fair enough. But uh, he, I know he sent us via email. Did you get his email? I, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it, too. And so this is kind of interesting. It looks like, to our knowledge, there are 10 confirmed members of the Lurpus family. That's crazy. It is crazy. Because I bet most people don't recognize that that was a running bit. I only could think of... Five ah. and the rest just like I didn't even know yeah. that was a thing. Um, probably the most prominent one I want to say is the one that we saw in today's episode, Leslie and Ben, sure. which is Herman Lurpus. Herman, yeah. Um, which uh, he you know always wears the sleeveless uh, wife beater shirt. He's the one who tried to win Anne in the auction fundraiser oh, for yeah. Jerry's fart attack with the nitrous. With the nitrous, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll have fun. And apparently, this dude. <laughs> Uh, believe it or not, despite his appearance, he he, uh, he studied biochemical engineering at Indiana University <laughs> and he earned his Ph.D. in chemistry from Stanford. But at the age of 29, sadly enough, he began inhaling nitrous and now he's oh. he's basically a burnout. Wow. But, and apparently his name is sometimes spelled Herm 
Lennon with two N's because on account of his brain don't work that good. And sometimes he forgets. Uh-huh. Um, I think the first time we saw him was in, I want to say Halloween surprise where he bit on Anne, but I could be wrong. I, w- I, I That's my memory, but I can't also, I, sometimes I think maybe he had been one of the crazy Pawneeans just um, in and that's among possible. the crowd. Yeah. You know yeah, what? Yeah. I think you're probably yeah. right. Yeah. Played by Richard Birch. Richard Birch, yeah. Yeah, yeah which uh, I remember when we spoke with Dorian Frankel, one of the casting agents from season two on, she mentioned Richard Birch. Interesting guy, it sounds like. So He's quite a character. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he definitely is memorable. He's sure. very memorable, he with either job. with one or two ends. <laughs> um, the the next, oh my gosh, that would be that would be a tough call. I think I would say maybe Bjorn. Bjorn Lurpus. Uh, he uh, he's the guy who wanted to turn Lot Forty Eight into a Paunchburger because he loves Paunchburger. Well, sure, I mean who wouldn't? Uh, and he also uh, we find out he joins the committee to recall Leslie Nope later on, which is oh. slight spoiler, but yeah, um, he loves the Paunchburger. And in general, he seems very friendly when he's not trying to recall you. Um, I don't have a lot of information <laughs> about that. Uh, is he? He is. I can't remember how he's how he's related to Herman. I don't know if we know. I think they're they're basically stepbrothers. That's, That's what I've decided. I like that. Yeah. I like that a yeah. lot. Um, then you have uh, Morris Lurpus. Um, who that's the dude that, uh, I think we also saw him first in Halloween surprise. That's the dude that, that, that yelled at Donna for live tweeting death canoe for, <laughs> oh, yeah. because on account of she did spoilers and stuff. <laughs> that's right. And he always has a cell phone and he always voices his opinions and he always has to interject to remind people the internet can do anything. That's right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's fun. And he was in like five episodes. He was in like he was in five episodes, and I, he's got to be connected to someone. Maybe a, maybe a quarter brother. I don't even know how that works. He's a cousin. He's a cousin. Great, yeah. nailed it. Who else we got? He's from Snurling, actually. Did you know that? <laughs> uh, he's part of the Snurling Lurpuses. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, Dennis Lurpus, who I don't think we've seen yet. No, but we're about to. But we're about to very soon here. Um, uh, played by Jason Schwartzman. Love it. Oh uh, yeah, and he's uh, now he definitely is confirmed to be a third cousin to Herman Lurpus. Yes. Um, and he is the owner of the Pawnee Video Dome. So you know, good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Blockbuster's gonna make it. I love it. Um, I also love Jason Schwartzman too. I do too. So, yeah. yeah. Many good movies. Rushmore. Uh, many several Wes Anderson movies uh, that he's in are my favorites. Yeah, I love yeah. the Clive Anderson movies. Um, <laughs> Different Anderson. That's their cousins. Oh, that's Wes a Anderson and right Clive there. Anderson. Yeah, did you know that? No, they're not. <laughs> Stop it. Now you're just funning with me. Another one does live in Snurling. It's really weird. The parallels. <laughs> <laughs> Who else we got? I, I had so this. We're almost at the end of the list that I remember. There was one called. Lalissa Lurpus, who <laughs> of course maybe was only in one episode. And remember in in Lucky, where uh, uh, Sean Hayes played four, played yeah. the dude to, uh, with the, uh, that's like the good luck charm. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Leslie is going to go interview with him, but then it got turned down. And so she and Ann and Tom got drunk at Scully's bar. That's right. I think she was the waitress that was uh, serving okay. them. So you know. Um, so Pawnee is lousy with Lurpuses. They're lousy with Lurpuses. And then we have others who I, I, I think that they're true, but I couldn't even remember. You got Kurt Lurpus, uh, Rachel Lurpus, Jeffress. Jeffress? <laughs> Lurpus. Uh, uh, it says here, uh, uh, Karen Lurpus Gretzky. 
Um, of course. Maybe married to the great hockey player. I don't know. <laughs> his don't cousin. Know. Uh, his cousin. Of course. It's snarling. <laughs> and um, and then uh, Jacques Upon Gresky Lurpus. <laughs> Sacre bleu. Like, <laughs> come <Sacre> on. <laughs> Stop that. It's just it's fun stuff. Th- those two Lurpuses that you just mentioned there, they're, they're, I think, in a future episode as well, right? Yeah. The ones I think with the married sexy couple. vegetables. The sexy, sexy vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if it ain't char, I don't want to be right. That's right. Oh, my God. I can't. <laughs> That's a good episode. So how, what do you think about that? Like this sprawling Lurpus thing? That's something, huh? I think in the writer's room, and, and maybe we could ask Norm this because he'd I'm certain he'd know because at this point we've introduced at least seven-eighths of the, well, I don't know, six, maybe five-sevenths of the Lurpuses. Yeah. I don't do math well. But um, I, I'm, I'm betting it's one of those things where it's a thing in the writer's room. It started off, one, one person did it, another one picked it up, and before you know it, it it's a bit of their own trope, right? You know, Alan, how do we how do we screw with the Lurpus this week? I just I think you're probably right. And I even forgot in uh, um, when when Ben was was interviewing the caterers and they all had. the oh, taste yeah, test. Yeah. One of the three yeah, predominant yeah. catering companies in Pawnee, Lurpus Co. Well, sure. And I even remember in that episode, I go Lurpus Co. We've heard that name before <laughs> and I couldn't place it. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Here we go. Well, it makes sense with a town with that many Lurpuses that one of them would have a thriving business. And of course, you're going to name it after your your family. Why wouldn't you? Of course. You're a dynasty for crying out loud. <laughs> Lurpus Co. Wow. What a great name, too. I know. Well, there you have it. The Lurpuses. Nice. Yeah. Lousy with Lurpuses. Lousy with Lurpuses. Yeah. Uh, I'm, we're going to get Constantine and Harvey to pair up on that T-shirt. We've got to. We really need to yeah. do that. Yeah. Well, nice job, Mark. I, I enjoyed this first ever Pawnee shorts. Yeah. We'll have to do this again sometime. I agree. Are they all going to be like this? Or are they just, is it kind of like maybe luck of the draw? Like I think some of them are going to be good. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, me too, dot, dot, dot. All right. Well, let's get back to the show. <laughs> let's do that. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, um, as I usually do, I'll walk us through our deleted scenes. As I said, in the top of the show, we do have some this week. We actually had about seven clips, mm-hmm. uh, about three minutes and 10 seconds. So not a ton. Got, not a ton, no. If you have the DVDs, definitely check those out. I know we had a lot of wedding-related extras this week. And I think, you know, I can make the, the argument that we could have done a producer's cut with a couple of these included. I think I agree with you. I think that I would also say that if they had to choose clips to remove... Eh, these aren't bad choices, they're but not. having said that, they're pretty good. Yeah, I think especially the last two for me were the two that struck me as like the most, you know, canon worthy, so to speak. Right, right. They didn't violate any of the rules of the of what they uh, the the canon episode was, so they could have easily been included. It would have been a little extra. It was a, a few more shared moments of the gang behind the scenes when you know the stuff was either at rest or kind of pausing and a little more, uh, a little less manic for the moment. Yeah. So it kind of gave you a little breath of fresh air, which would have been interesting to see in the pacing of this episode or a little more celebration at the end. It was a kind of a mix of all of those things. I agree with that. Definitely recommend that our viewers watch that. Yeah. 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 I also love that JJ brought them food in the bullpen. That was terrific. So. I got more to say about that. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Okay. Well, good job. All right. Well, Mark, how, let's get into our tropes. First fun facts and goofs then. What you got this week? I uh, I had a great deal of difficulty coming up with any first in this episode. I, I, I came up with two, but just because I thought maybe I'd get yelled at if I didn't have any. Sure. So I got uh, 
I, we we visit Ethel Beaver's house for the first time. It may be, Ooh, be the only time. But uh, and then I said, well, Leslie and Ben are husband and wife, which, you know, it only happens once. But I'm going to say it anyway. That, that's all I had. That's good. Would I you like have? them. Uh, I had six of them, which is weird. Wow. I hardly ever have any. Um, the I, floor I did, is yours. <laughs> I did my note taking differently this week and it, it netted some stuff, I suppose. I don't even want to talk about how many tropes I found. Um, so Ron punched somebody. I don't think that's happened before. I know he's wanted to. Yeah. I think it's the first time he's actually laid fist to face. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, we learned that Leslie lost her father at 10. Yep. Did not know that. That's and then, true. And then we also learned she has no brothers. We don't yet really know if she has any sisters, but I believe she's an only child. But yes. I, I, have they ever said that out loud? I think it's inferred. I don't think so. Yeah, we should have our scouts go figure that out. I agree. Yeah, let's have them do that. Um, I said it was the first time, not the first time we've seen flashbacks, first time we've ever seen them in black and white. Is that true? I think all the other flashbacks we've had, which have often been very effective and enjoyable, I can't remember them being like in the black and white, you know, kind of, uh, you know, or, or effect. You may be right. And I did like that effect. Me I too. My memory is not good enough to confirm one way or another, but you may very yeah. well be right. That's a good call. It, it definitely, because the the com- what we saw there were a combination of flashbacks from the past mm-hmm. and things unseen in this episode. And they made the distinction with the things unseen in this episode were in color. Yeah. The things in the past were in black and white. So it was effective. It was interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But it also was useful in kind of making that distinction. Definitely. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, I don't know why I wrote this as a first, but I love you and I like you. I mean, it's just such a thing for this show. Absolutely. Um, for. Um, how about tropes? What'd you get this week? I had a pretty good list there too. I, I, I have a little bit of redemption in my, my trope list. Um, nice. I, so first of all, a PBJ, you oh, got gosh. Jerry peeing himself, Tom insulting him as Jerry tries to like tag team with them, you know, yeah. and, uh, he's just trying to make them happy. Got sweet, stupid Andy out the wazoo, oh, yeah. um, diving out the window thinking it's bad luck. If he sees the bride and groom, <laughs> really, that. really funny. Um, uh, CMH Councilman Hauser. Leslie always bumps into him at the most awkward moments. <laughs> Love it. Um, RLL. Ron loves Lagavulin. Of course. Uh, one that I know you're very good at bringing up. And so I thought I'd try and beat you to the punch. Uh, overprepared Leslie. Like the oh, first yeah. draft of her vows was 70, 70 pages. pages. Good Lord and a half. Um, uh, MTC. Mugs to the camera. Which I clocked Ben and Andy and Chris, and I may have missed some others, but those are the ones I had for sure. Chris was my favorite one in this episode. He's getting good at he those. Just, yeah. Yeah. Very, very funny. Terrific. Very dry. Yeah. Um, FWN, fun with names. Uh, you know, oh my God. Officer Scorgel, uh, Herman Lurpus of the great Lurpus dynasty. Yes. And uh, I, I probably missed some others, but those are two for sure. At, at the minimum. Yes. Um, Pawnee loves little Sebastian PLLS. Oh, that's a good one. And uh, I had uh, a, a, a favorite of ours from the past that I haven't had in a while. A Bidgey. Ben doesn't get it. Oh yeah. Which I said, because when they're singing little Sebastian, yeah, he, he, he kind of looks at the camera like, we doing this really, but then he goes right into it. Like he doesn't mind it. It's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's a bit no, of a flashback. Not, I not like this that. again. Yeah. 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 Callback, yeah. And finally I have DVS. Darth Vader syndrome. Oh, yeah. Which I'd like to remind the, the yes. viewers at home. 
Uh, Darth Vader syndrome, it comes from a fantasy series that Alan and I like, then we won't get into it because we're nerds. But Darth Vader syndrome is defined as the satisfaction of seeing someone who's been scaring the pants off of you go after another mutual enemy. Mm. Now, that's maybe a little bit of a stretch with with Ron because he's n- never been a bad guy per se. No. But he can be very intimidating. Yes. He's a th- an authority figure. I think it fits. He, he can yeah. be very scary. Sure. And to see him like, oh, jam, you're screwed. Here comes Ron. <laughs> like that. That is so perfect. He, either way, I really enjoyed it, but I totally agree. I think it fits. Um, that's all I had. How about you, man? And a few more beyond that. Good um, Lord. Ben's butt. <laughs> I mean, that's a good one. That's a good one. I can't it, believe we haven't had that. I know. Until now. I know. I thought good it was too. Yeah. Um, I said Leslie uses the team to, team to achieve her goal. You know, you keep calling it the Avengers, right? The Pawnee chapter of the, the Avengers. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I think this one fits. I think we've kind of done it before, but I don't think we've troped it out. Ron can make anything. Yeah. Canoes. Uh, uh, rings out rings. of sconces. Yeah. Yes. You name it. <clears throat> I said Anne is the glue. It's kind yeah. of a, she's kind of back to that role this week, and it's often a very important functionary role. And I think you could argue she did it here. Yep, I agree with that. You got jammed. Yes. I mean, How could I miss that? You got good megaphone Lord. jammed. Good Lord. Yeah. Drunk jammed. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think this is the second one where Ken Burns doesn't write back. <laughs> I think it's the second time she's referenced you know what? this. I think you're right. I also realized I missed one. Um, Councilman, Councilman, Councilman Jam has five bathrooms because <laughs> he said that before. He has said it multiple before. Times. It's like it's one thing he can uh, say when you're locked in the jail cell there. Right. Um, I have the return of DJ Roomba. Oh, that is a good one. Yep. I missed that. Yeah. Uh, ben doesn't like scotch. No. Ron no. said you don't have to drink this. Nope. Um, and then uh, Pawnee people can't handle their booze except Ron. Oh, no. I mean, that's clearly a thing. Clearly. Yeah. And then spread your wings and fly. Oh. Yeah. So. Good job, man. It's a huge list of tropes. It's a huge list. And I got something to say about that. Oh, yeah. I bet you do. Mark, how about any goofs? Did you come up with any this week? Um, I had one which really I think is maybe quasi a fun fact. So Ron claims that he has never willingly yeah. been at city hall past 504 PM. And at first I thought this was a nice nod to the one time that he stayed late into the night when he had the hernia. Remember that? Oh yeah. yeah. I.e. Yeah. not willingly. Yes. Could not but, move. However, I do recall there being one very notable exception in season three, episode 12 Eagleton. Ron very much enjoyed his dinner slash movie a night at City Hall that Leslie organized for him for his birthday. Even in that case, he was not originally planning to stay past 5.04 p.m. willingly. It just kind of turned out that he liked it. So I don't know. That's a good one. How about you? I had I had two others. One was from the Internet and one was mine. And I kind of gave mine away earlier. I said, you know, Andy fell from the fourth floor. I mean. Uh, you know, if we're to believe that that's the records office and it hasn't moved to the first floor, then he's dead. Burt Macklin can survive anything. <laughs> anything. He's got, he made a rubber. Yeah. The other one was uh, when Internet find. And it's interesting. It says, you know, Anne convinces everybody to come back, you know, her or her. And I think at this point, I think they've already planned to have the wedding at City Hall. In the bullpen. In the bullpen. Right. But she's saying, hey, I've got some champagne. Let's go back, right? Yeah. Well, in, in Boys Club, and what was that, season two, I think, maybe? No, that was season one, episode four. Wow, that's yeah. good, Mark. Nice job. Nerd. Weird uh, <laughs> that you knew that, but um, you're definitely a nerd. Um, <laughs> they established that you're not allowed to drink 
alcohol on city hall property. So I just thought it was, you know, this is an internet find. I won't agree or disagree with it. I thought it was worth mentioning. I, I think that that's worthy of a fun, of a, of a fun fact in the sense that you're exactly right. But I think it's evidence that Leslie, quite frankly, has mellowed out since then. That's a good point. Yeah. That, you know, there's been a lot of character growth and that is one great example. Yo. for sure. How about fun facts? Then we'll move on to our scores. Um, I think I only had one um, that Leslie's wedding dress that Anne, you know, designers make it work. And then she that. she took like all the bills and the articles and all that fun stuff. Well, so if you if you look at the the bottom layers of her wedding dress, it includes the Pawnee City crest. It includes an article announcing her city council victory. It includes a uh, little Sebastian, Hillary Clinton and what looks like a map of Pawnee. Mm. So very creative and very fun. It was. How about yeah. you? I'd love to know how she made that in an hour, but it's beautiful. I know. And fitting. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Uh, just the fact that, you know, I think, and we've mentioned this before, but, you know, Donna is singing opera as they come in and do the walk down the aisle and that, you know, Retta in real life is an accomplished opera singer. Yeah. So, and we've mentioned that before. It could have almost been a trope, in fact. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice job, Mark. Hey, why don't we get into our scores? Why don't we get into those scores? All right, Alan. Well, I'm not even going to beat around the bush. MVP, Ron Swanson, <laughs> Nick Overman. Uh, so uh, you held back last week. I'm proud of you. But I knew you'd cave. <laughs> I did. I completely, completely cave. <laughs> Plot wise, this episode obviously definitely centered on Leslie and Ben getting married as well it should. Yeah. However, I, Ron, in my opinion, turned the dial up to 11 in terms of satisfying character defining moments. A, pulling the sconce physically out of the wall, <laughs> melting it down, forging rings for Leslie and Ben. Classic. Swanson. And then patching the wall. And patching the wall on top of that. All yeah. in 20 minutes. 20 minutes. B, confronting Jam and ultimately punching the sucker out in his stupid little orthodontist face. <laughs> Classic Swanson. And so good thank god he didn't have butter teeth <laughs> butter teeth and then c oh my gosh alan this those three lines those three lines that he utters to leslie just before the wedding in the bullpen yeah you are a wonderful person your friendship means a lot to me and you look very beautiful boom drop the mic consider yourself swanson i i i can't not give it to him it's good although everybody in this episode very 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 good. Mark, I, I like also what Ron did not say there, which is clearly that, you know, while this, he really feels these things about Leslie, you can tell he's a little uncomfortable saying these because it's not like Ron to do so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and I think it made it even more special. You know, you're exact. You're exactly right. It, it's like for to the average person, what he said is still very to the point and terse. Yeah. For him, that's borderline gushing. He might as well have written a book. But it's Leslie. It's Leslie. If he's going to do it, it's going to be for it's her. It's going to be for her. Well done. And Diane. But that's it. it. Great point. Yep. That's it. Those are the only two exceptions. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Nice job, Mark. Yeah. So, I, Alan, you know, I said this in the last episode and I'll say it here as well. I really, really like the episodes where the gang pulls together, like the Pawnee chapter of the Avengers. I keep on saying that to accomplish some task and, and predictable or formulaic, saccharine, sweet, don't care. It works for me. This episode absolutely rocked as a result. You, you know what? Alan, I'm so excited. I'm going to skip right to the crazy Mark Rubric explaining as I go. All right. I, I am so charged. I'm excited about for this. you. All right. 
Mark score, base score, five. Suck it. <laughs> Fantastic singular story. It was an engaging plot. It didn't have, in my opinion, any slowdown moments. There were no moments where it crawled and you're like, oh, I hope they get back to something. The whole episode was just good. There's a lot of laugh out loud moments, a lot of heartstring moments. It's as good as it gets, in my opinion. I, I've never asked this before, but is that five out of five? Like, is five the max of your base score? Or do you even have a rule? Um, I typically try to make it a max of half of what it could be. So Got because it. we have a max of 10, okay. I try not to go above five. I may, break crazy. My, I may break my own rule at some point. Love it. So yeah, I figure like half for the base score and then half for whatever other crazy crap I, I, crap no, I come great. up with. So anyway, I'm going to give an additional point for my episode MVP. Nick Offerman is Ron Swanson, my man crush. I'm going to give uh, a half point for a really pretty great list of guest stars. You had John Glazer as Jerky Councilman Jam. Uh, the great Helen Slayton Hughes as Ethel Beavers. Always love her. love her. Brent Briscoe as J.J. Lipscomb, the great owner of J.J.'s Diner. Yvonne Jourdain as Councilman Hauser. Richard Birch as uh, Herman Lurpus, pawn shop owner and member of the Lurpus dynasty. Romaine Johnson as Police Chief Fugelberg. Tracy Howe as Officer Scorgel. So pretty big list. I'm going to give another half point for what I said was a great use of the deep comedic bench. Really, in my opinion, maybe one of the best to date. Like, I thought it was that good. I won't disagree. Everybody had a good scene, at least, and probably two or maybe even three. Um, I'm going to give half a point for what I call the Dwyer combo. You got April and Andy's antics getting the marriage license with a little help from Ethel Beavers, which I love. Plus, Chris's really great excellent mentor moment at the end where he tells Andy how we deal with tragedy defines who we are. Very classy, very cool. I'm going to give another half point for what I call the jam combo. Drunk jammed. John Glazer proves once again that Councilman Jeremy Jam is far and away the best Parks and Rec villain of all time. He makes us hate him and he makes us love to hate him. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm going to give half a point for what I call the teamwork combo. You got the entire gang pulling together, each with their own parts. You know, you got Ann with the dress, Ron walking Leslie down the aisle, Ben and Chris with the wedding rings, all that stuff. That I won't say it again. Showing teamwork makes the dream work, which I know is corny, but, it, you know, it's true. Hey. If it works, it works. I'm going to give another full point for what I call the wedding combo. So you got having one of the best, if not the best, sitcom weddings in the history of ever plus a spectacular payoff to an intelligently teased and drawn out courtship, plus catching lightning, lightning in a bottle a second time by proving that, like April and Andy, a couple can get together without the magic going away. Mm. Plus, this is what I was going to refer to, the strangely sweet and poignant fact that even though it was probably after midnight at that point, the great J.J. Lipscomb of J.J.'s Diner dropped everything and not only made it to Leslie's wedding, but brought food as well. That was really sweet. Yeah. Like that really struck me. I love, love, love seeing J.J. there. Leslie seems to motivate that level of loyalty with certain people. I completely JJ's agree. among them. That absolutely. Yeah. And Alan, I'm going to give one more half point for the immortal words of Falcon and Turtle Dove. I love you and I like you. Suck it, Jerry Maguire. You ain't got nothing on this show. <laughs> so, Alan. Get the calculator out. 
that brings us that brings us to a final score. Ten. Ten little Sebastians. What can I say? This was, in my opinion, clearly one of the best, maybe the best Parks and Rec episode of all time. I agonized a little bit about giving this the magic 10, but you know what? Screw it. This episode is the final payoff for a bunch of episodes that came before. It was incredibly satisfying. Great writing, great acting. My man crush Ron had arguably the best moments of the episode. What's not to like? This this was a beautiful episode and I don't <laughs> I don't I, I don't care who so I don't care who knows it. Mark Spinal scored 10. 10 little Sebastians. I said it. Anyway, that's that's my review. Alan, the scuba has been rocked, but it's oh back God. to you. <laughs> I hope not to drop the scuba, Mark. Oh. <laughs> nice job. Harvey, you shut up. Stop laughing. It's beautiful. Hey, Mark, remind us, like, when was the last time we gave a 10? <clears throat> Let me wipe the tears off my face. <clears throat> uh, Alan, the, the last and uh, only, only time that yes. we've given a 10 in the past was season three, episode 16, right. the season finale, uh, Little Sebastian. That's right. And that was for not the normal version. That was for the producer's version, that's which correct. makes this, at least for me, a first. Uh, that's a great point. Another song in which we heard Bye Bye Little Sebastian. That's right. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, I'll start off with my MVPs. So my MVPs for this week were Mike Schur and Alan Yang. I mean, I agree. Well done. I got to say, no matter what the score is, this is the best, most tight, best constructed, well executed episode of the series. I'm going to say that right now without the bold words. I think I agree. I know. And it put me on a, on a little bit of a ledge because I haven't watched all of season six and seven again in a long, long time. And we're obviously going to do that as we prepare for those seasons. Certainly getting there very fast, as a matter of fact. And I'm excited about it because I remember episodes like London part one, part two. And uh, um, there's some know, good ones to come. There's some really good ones. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not saying there won't be another 10, but I just think on execution, first of all, and maybe this is why. 21 minutes and 33 seconds. Mm -hmm. And yet, I, I'm going to repeat a few of the points you made just because I have them in my in my notes as well. Yeah, please, I'm very smart. You go ahead. <laughs> in fact, if I just say everything you just said, that would just be enough, right? Ten. Ten. Yes. Um, so Jerry time, Donna time, uh, best use of the bench, lots of guest stars, so many tropes. What do we love about tropes, Mark? We love that. They make us feel like we know the show and they leave us warm and cuddly because we're coming back to a comfortable place. Right? That's, right. That's what we like about the tropes. Yep. Now, tropes is actually usually a negative connotation. We do not use it that way in this show, though. I don't think we've ever meant it that way. No. Because I think you could say, oh, this crap is just full of tropes and it, there's nothing original. There, it's not right? a trope in the sense that it's formulaic and predictable. It's a trope in the sense that this is a pair of comfy old shoes that we've That's come right. to know and love. That's a great way of saying it. And I don't think we've ever really verbalized that before. You know what? I think you're right. I don't think we have. Yeah. Um, the pacing again, you know, 21 minutes and 33 seconds. I, I think it's such a challenge as a writer to find the right pacing. It cram all this in, make it feel like you gave everything enough time. You didn't cheat something and still leave it feeling like all of the benchmarks. You, and it's probably why there's not a real strong or even really any remnants of a B story here. Right. I mean, maybe April and Andy. But again, they weave in and out of the A story so much. They just have a few moments alone on to kind of it's closure is what it is for Andy's 
like subline, right? It's a storyline around it's, it's, you know, whether or not he's going to be a cop. Right. Uh, we get a little bit of that closure and a few other things as well, just kind of peppered in quietly. But the focus was on Leslie and Ben. The episode titles, it should be the best named episode of the series. Yep. I mean, the first time that NBC's actually named it what it should have been, actually, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. That we usually do better. Yeah. Yeah. But this week they did okay. Um, I, I feel like, you know, they're just, again, the team is in pursuit of the common goal. I think that's the way I said it. You called it, you know, Avengers Unite. Yep. You know? um, Assemble. It's, it's the same thing. Nerd. Oh, my God. I am sorry. I'm, I'm sure I've just offended people everywhere. If you're comic book nerds, I apologize. If you um, need to write in, viewers, write yeah. in to Alan Sucks at LiveFromPawnee.com. Yeah, yeah. Avengers Unite. You read, you read comic books and I dated people. So I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Harsh but fair. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, there's not much bad to say about this episode. And I kept thinking to myself, why isn't this a perfect 10? Why isn't this a perfect 10? I couldn't come up with a reason. Yeah. So it's a 10. Yeah. That's what it is. It's only our second one ever. Um, and it's the only one that's a normal, not super sized episode that was extra a 10. impressive, which makes me want to give it a 10.25, but we're not allowed to do that. No, you'll lose your parking space. Sure as anything. <laughs> Plus 10 the absolute top. So, you know, it's like going to 11 on Spinal Tap. Yeah, it's like an A plus. Yeah, you know, that's fine. Plus, 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 plus. plus. <laughs> Christmas story. Love it. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Nice. So, wow, I don't know where you go from here. I think you got to go down, unfortunately. You don't it's think all the rest are tens? <laughs> all like it's, 60 it's episodes be, left? No, probably not. It's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough. There will probably be sub tens. <laughs> it's hard to imagine, but I think you're right, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? I, for now, let's just enjoy this episode because it was that good. I Well said. I cannot disagree. We've got roughly just a little less than half of season five left. We've got season six and a short run at season seven. You know, we're getting toward the end of this thing. I think it's nice to see that, you know, this far into the show, that this cast, this writing crew, which, you know, five seasons in, sometimes you don't have a lot of gas in the tank left you right. know you're out of original ideas your writing starts to suffer the acting isn't there people are phoning it in none of that's happening here i know so i know it's very very impressive i think that's one of the reasons we're talking about this show today and it's still on peacock and people still love it just like we do yep yep well done so most important part there is we agree we totally agree because you know after i I cried on air and, you know, gave my 10. You know, if, if you had given it like a four, yeah. while that would have been funny, I would have had to come over the table at you. But but, but no, this is this is awesome. You would have jam punched me right in the teeth. I would have tried, but I probably would have gotten winded halfway across the table. So I just end up passed <laughs> it out. It would, a big table. wouldn't have been good for anybody. Uh, nice job, Mark. Well, hey, we'll be back next time with episode 15 from season five, Correspondence Lunch. Yep. Yes, and I'm looking forward to that one as well. And we'll see you. Ten's a hard score to beat. That's all I'm saying. I'm sure it'll be. Good luck, Correspondence Lunch. <laughs> Tough act to follow. Come on, sucker. All right. Well, hey, Mark, I want to remind everyone, if you would, I know we asked for this last week and we'll try to remember to ask for this a little more often. Please go out on Apple Podcasts. If you like our show, rate and review us. If you don't, keep it to yourself. And uh, either way, we appreciate you listening this week. Absolutely. Well said. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. 
Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us.